Welcome to Good Old Fashioned Theology, the podcast where we drink old fashions and talk theology. We are your hosts, Father Chris Stoley and Dr. Lance Lucas. To start us off with a prayer, Dr. Lance Lucas. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Father Chris Stoley. That was phenomenal. Was not expecting that. <laughs> I've never been more proud of myself. Oh, man. Noventisete puntos siete. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. We might have to just re-record. We might have to just take that out. It's okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Start us off let's, with prayer, Lance. <laughs> let's, start, let's start in prayer here. May the Father and the Son and the, Son Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for bringing us here today um, to enter into the sacrament and learn more about the sacrament of baptism. Um, please continue to be with us and uh, guiding us during this journey. And we pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Stoli. Lance. Welcome back. Gosh, seriously, what an intro. That... <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I put that past a friend of mine. Her name is Shelby. Uh, she, uh, also listens to this, so I'm going to have to be careful with how I, how much I talk about her. But she, uh, I did that on the phone one time, just messing around, and she thought it was the greatest thing of all time. So it is. You, uh, you do it every time. It. I know you do it every time before we start, and I say, you know what? If that's what you enter with, if that's what you, the intro is, then <laughs> we're rolling with it. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. We did it. Uh, that's good. That's if it, good. If people like it, we'll keep it, and if not. We'll just never do it again. It'll be fine. Exactly. We'll we'll get some feedback, I'm sure. Everything will be fine. <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, we're talking about baptism today. This is, uh, I'm excited for this. We're kind of entering back into, um, like I said, we're doing a sacrament series. Um, we started a little out of order, but we did, um, you know, Holy Rites last time. And we're going to now jump back in, probably kind of get in order with order, it. We're going to yeah. start with, uh, with baptism, which I'm excited for. So... Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, going through these sacraments of initiation are going to be going to be good. It's going to be yeah. I'm I'm excited and like I said, it's just a, it's a great great way for me to learn. I learned a lot about it. I learned a ton about uh, holy orders and the sacraments and not forgetting uh, the sacrament of marriage. I'm not going to forget <laughs> that this time. So do not forget matrimony, <laughs> Do not forget it. That's right. So um, no, it's good. But yeah, I kind of want to start by. Um, I, I didn't say this, but, um, you know, our, our saints of the, the podcast are, um, St. John the Baptist. And then I'm, I told you, I'm going to forget the name. Genesius. Genesius. St. Genesius. Genesius. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great so name. Great name. It, I think it's a phenomenal name. Maybe my next kid will be Genesius. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> that would, Genesius Lucas. <laughs> yeah. That would uh, be awesome. It would be great. But no, so, um, so yeah, St. Genesius and St. John the Baptist are, our, our saints for the for the pod today um and just kind of want to obviously give a little bit of a background um i had no clue about who saint genesius was until just a little bit ago before recording this so yeah um father story do you want to kind of tell his story oh sure so saint genesius actually i learned his story from one of our fifth graders here actually oh. um who's going on sixth grade this year um he uh chose saint genesius for his confirmation saint Oh, okay. And so I was talking to him. He was He's also one of our altar servers. So I was talking with him before mass a little bit. And I said, so confirmation's coming up. Who's your saint there, Brian? And uh, he said, 
St. Genesius. So never heard of him. <laughs> Tell me about him. And he goes, St. Genesius was a playwright. And I said, go on. And he said, so he's a playwright, and he was supposed to write a play for the emperor mocking Christians. And so he wrote one mocking baptism. So he went and he studied baptism, studied all about it, put it in the play. And, of course, he was the main character because that's what playwrights do. I said, yeah, yeah, go Definitely. on. And uh, then he said, and then he got baptized during the play and got filled with the Holy Spirit and converted and was then martyred on the spot. So the the emperor was like, you're, you're kidding, right? This is still part of the play. No, everyone <laughs> no. needs to convert and everyone needs to be baptized. And so then the emperor just killed him. That's such a, a crazy story. What a, He'd been a what Christian a for like 30 seconds. I know. That would be amazing. I mean, not to say that I want to be completely, you know, martyred. I mean, if I was, I'm okay with that. Same but hands. yeah, but I mean, that, that's, that's pretty easy. That's cool. 30, 30 seconds. Yeah. He had been, I've, you know, I've been Catholic for 34 years. Yeah. And he just gained sanctity after 30 seconds. That kind of <laughs> makes me angry. Just a little bit. Just what's up with that? But hey, we can't judge. We're not God. So, yeah. you know. So and and we wouldn't have a great story like this if that didn't happen. Oh yeah, so. yeah, and it's amazing that he's it's you know it starts with a mockery and ends with a conversion. Yeah, you know it often starts that it often goes that way for many saints, right. I guess. But um, he'd only been a, he'd only been a Catholic for like you know 30, 30 seconds. Right, right. So that's uh, it's really an incredible story. This story of conversion and yeah, and faith, even though it was very very new at the time for him. Right. Just the power uh, just of having power. so much, yeah. yeah have how, how much, how much faith someone can have in such a short amount of time. I mean, it's obviously life changing. So it's pretty cool. And also just the power of baptism itself. You know, yeah. it's like he want he wanted to mock baptism, as we said, but you know that external sign that points to an internal reality. That's a real effect. Yeah, yeah, man. Which we're definitely going to dive into that here in just a little bit, and just kind of more of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So Saint Genesius, pray for us, and then pray yeah, our us. other saint is um, Saint John the Baptist. Well, because he baptized Jesus, and he has the name of Saint John the Baptist. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was one of those prophets that, um, you know, baptism actually historically is uh, is a relatively old practice hmm. um, with regard to the baptism that we kind of see now. Right. Uh, it started <clears throat> off as just a symbol of right. repentance, and so that's where we get John the Baptist comes in, and then Jesus comes to be baptized. And so John's known as the baptizer, not just because he baptizes Jesus, but because he was he everyone. the Baptist, right? right. So, um, yeah, he, if you haven't read scripture, you probably should, because <laughs> <that>, he's <laughs> there. He's all in there. He's all over. Yeah. At least early on. Yeah. So. Early on, especially in Luke. Yeah. But in all, yeah. the, all the scriptures for sure. Well, cool. Well, yeah, both of them, St. John the Baptist and, uh. St. Genesius, if you want more information, go look him up, especially St. Genesius. I'm, I'm going to have to go look up a little yeah, bit more because awesome. I think it's it's pretty sweet. So. If I can get his mom's permission, maybe I'll have Brian come on and <laughs> tell us all about Genesius. <laughs> oh, that'd be – what a what a project for him, right? What a project. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, I think kind of following the same um, theme that we did with last one and just kind of ask, answering some questions there. Mm -hmm. um, and this – all in regards to baptism, and again, this is the 
the, the start of the sacraments this is the first sacrament that we receive yeah. um as as catholics and um it all starts here with baptism which when you really get down into it in the scriptures of it it, it makes sense it makes sense this is it where really we does, start yeah. um you know and we can dive into that for sure here in just a little bit but i kind of wanted to get you know what what is uh your your thoughts on this or um your perspective i guess on where does where does this originate from what's the history of baptism and kind of going from the old testament to the new testament and mm-hmm. where we're at today yeah so really um baptism if we want to understand baptism as a practice we actually have to go all the way back to kind of the abraham covenant you know um so i mean eventually as we're talking through this we'll of course go back to original sin because that's what baptism takes away but mm-hmm. as far as its practice like what is it what does it do what are its effects we actually have to go all the way back to the time of Abraham. Uh, okay. So we have the Abrahamic covenant, which was, um, which was, um, I suppose, ratified through the covenant of circumcision. That's mm-hmm. where the idea kind of begins, right? So we have circumcision, which makes you a part of the family, which we say is also one of the effects of baptism. You're part of the family of God, right? Right. So right. all the Jews, all the Jewish males had to go through this practice. And it goes continually throughout history. And if mm-hmm. you look through the scriptures, in order to be a part of this family, you must go through the circumcision, this Abrahamic covenant. Right. But then added to that covenant, we see all of these different other practices. We see expiatory sacrifices. We see Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. We see all of these things that are seeking to get rid of sin. Uh, and all of these, all of these calls from the prophets to be purified and to be uh and and to repent right and mm-hmm. we're repenting why because we're part of the family of god and we've gone against that covenant right, right. over and that. over and over again right so going away from that covenant that we see sealed in in the circumcision is where we start to see sin compounding so all of these different sacrifices and all these different celebrations of the old testament were all great ways to confess our guilt and great ways to confess our sin but none of them actually took away sin okay right the only one the only sacrifice that takes away sin is the cross of jesus hence right. when we get to the new testament uh, especially in the letters of saint paul we talk about or we hear he talks about the need for circumcision of heart not of body so we go away from the Abrahamic covenant, at least physically, mm-hmm. and we start to be we start to find ourselves practicing a different thing. And the that practice is the practice of the sacraments that we know today, but especially baptism, primarily baptism. Right. Um, since that's what gets us in there, right? So <laughs> uh historically, we don't really see it in scripture, really. It's more of just historical note. Okay. Um sometime we don't know, and I don't know that we know exactly when this started taking place, but at least by the time of John the Baptist, and really well, well before, prophets were already baptizing people. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, you would go to a river, you'd go to a sea, you'd go to a lake, um, and they were already baptizing, but it was just as, as I said earlier, it was just a symbol of repentance. Right. right. Which is why John the Baptist in the scriptures, when those when he sees all these scholars of the law come, he says, mm-hmm. show me the fruits of your repentance before I even baptize you. Mm. Right. So really, 
that baptism oh, was more of what we would think of as confession. You're right. Right. Where it's like you admit your guilt and it's washed away. Right. Right. Uh, whereas baptism, as we think of it, is more of like the Abrahamic circumcision mixed with the idea of the forgiveness of sins. So gotcha. when we get to Jesus, by the time we get to Jesus, you know, as he's saying to Nicodemus at night, we're going to be born through water and the spirit. Right. So right. where's the what's the water and the spirit? Well, it's the baptism, mm -hmm. the same baptism that Jesus experienced. So Jesus goes and gets baptized by John, who correctly says, I should be the one baptized by you. Mm -hmm. But he's the one who undergoes it so that he can be the source and model for the rest of the church. Okay. Nothing that the church is called to do has been omitted by Jesus. He's everything that he's called us to do. He's done himself. Yep. That includes the sacraments. Right. In some right. way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Hence why we can say sacraments are an outward sign instituted by Christ that gives grace because exactly. he's the one who's living it all. So he's baptized and that starts his mission. Uh, so as you notice, he gets baptized and then he immediately goes out into the desert where he's tempted for 40 days, yep. comes back and just goes, just starts. Hits the ground running. Yeah. And so as he, he's continuously preaching, hey, there's going to be a baptism of fire and water. There's going to be a baptism of the water and the Holy Spirit, all of these different things. And it's just, it's just clear. This is what he wants. Uh, it's yeah. even more clear in Matthew 28 at the very end of the gospel. Uh, when he says, go forth, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy right. Spirit. Which is and from exactly... that moment on, apostles do it. Right. Wow. So okay. there's our history of it. Yeah. So I, you touched on something and it's just a question that came into my head. And um, in the Old Testament, the form of baptism or the, the cleansing, um, repentance was through circumcision. Um Obviously, that can only be a male thing that can happen. Right. And so what happened, you know, is there a way for the women and to do that? Or right. was it so, because it was a family thing? They entered into the family that because the male was ahead of the family, then the whole family was incorporated in that? So the, here's the deal with that. So the deal with the circumcision is not necessarily the forgiveness of sins part. That was the making yourself a member of the family. Because okay. as a member of the family, you can dare to ask forgiveness from your father. Okay. Right. So that's its connection. Okay. Um, it's gotcha. not so much that that's, that's the thing that, that um, forgave them. That's the thing that set them apart. Right? Gotcha. Because that's hard to hide. Right. right? That's what I made mean. It. <laughs> it's not, but it's, if right. everyone just took down the trousers, it's, it's hard you to know. hide that. Right. Right. And that's what sets them apart. So if someone were to see the mark of the circumcision, they would know that they were set apart for God's purpose. Gotcha. Right? And gotcha. because they're set apart for God's purpose and are a part of his family, they can dare to call him father and they can dare to ask him for forgiveness. The idea of God as father, though, is a relatively later idea. Um, they know that they're a part of his family. And he even says, you know, like, you're, this part, is, of, you're part of my family. Yeah. Uh, and like he says it early this on. Is, yeah. But they don't really see him as father specifically for a while. Okay. Um, because that uh, because it would be seen as blasphemy to say that. Because to say that you're his that he is your father is to equate yourself with God, saying that you're from the same nature, you're from the same divinity. Oh. When that's not necessarily the case. But right. it could all. It was also explained that you could say that because we're made in His image and likeness. 
So they would refer to him as father in that context. Okay. Um, but it's not until we get to Jesus that we see this other context of fatherhood. But gotcha. I, that's kind of a digression. My point right. is that we go, but the mark of the circumcision gave them the right, so to speak, mm-hmm. to be part um, of the family, to be part of the family, but also as part of the family to be <clears throat> daring enough to ask for this forgiveness. Okay. And that answers my question. That clears that up a little bit. Excellent. Cool. So then even the women, because they're related, right. whether through marriage or through blood, they're part of the covenant. Right. And so then we see these different other sacrifices that are done for their purification, for their forgiveness of sins, like the uh, the presentations in the temple. Right? Mm-hmm. That's another aspect of baptism that we see. And we can get into all of this. But so if we, it makes us a member of the family, right? Um, we present it to God like they were presented in the temple. Mm-hmm. So there's this expiation. It takes away sins. Um, and But it always involves a sacrifice. Well, in the presentation of the temple... <clears throat> you needed to have the sacrifice, right? So when we look in, uh, when we look at scripture and we see that, um, you know, Jesus was taken to the temple and was presented and they were supposed mm-hmm. to offer sacrifice to two turtle doves, or whatever, that we find that in, in the, in the old Testament. Right. Uh, right. And we see it for both male and female children. And so both okay. boys and girls are presented in the temple dedicated to God, but also, well, excuse me, but also purified in a way by this sacrifice that they do uh, on their behalf. Um, okay. Because all all we've merited is death. Like because right. of our sin, we should we deserve to die. Exactly. But he also doesn't want us to just go kill our children. <laughs> so there's this substitute. There's this redeemer, a substitute, mm-hmm. and that's what's sacrificed at the presentation. Okay. Okay. Very good. That clears that up. I... There's a lot of that stuff that goes over my head, honestly. And <laughs> I could hear that about a hundred times and I'm still like, okay. And I'm yeah, like, okay, okay, yeah, I get, I get it. And then I'm like, wait, how, what? Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Cool. So uh, with that, and you kind of touched a little bit on it, um, but there's parts to the baptism and where, and to make it a valid sacrament i guess and those components all those components play a role um you can you touch on those parts and what what goes into the baptismal right and the baptismal ceremony um to make this a valid baptism and a valid sacrament i sure can lance and uh so i am an expert in these matters after all um so (laughs) the bare minimum that you need is um the person to be baptized water and words Right, that's like the bare bare minimum. Okay. So if I come across someone who's who's <clears throat> dying and I know they haven't been baptized, but I have water and I know the words, we're set. Right. Okay. So the water and the words are important because those are the matter and form. Uh, every sacrament has matter and form. I think we talked a little bit about that mm-hmm. last time. We did. Uh, yep. So the matter for baptism is water. Matter is usually the stuff that you use. Um, mm-hmm. So in baptism, that's it's going to be water. And okay. the form that gives it the power to do X, Y, or Z thing, and in this case, it's the water for baptism, the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit are the form. That's what gives power to the water. So that's what baptizes. Okay. Um, aside from that, in a normal circumstance, you need the person that's being baptized, the water, the words, but you also need a godparent, minimum, 
And if it's a child, yeah. and it normally is, the parents or parent, depending. Right. You need at least one godparent right. and then the parents there. Okay. Okay. So, but the, the bare minimum you need for a baptism is the person to be baptized who's never been baptized before. Mm -hmm. The water and the words. And never been baptized before with the statement of, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son Correct. and the Holy Spirit. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Because other churches that are not, I'm going to say, the fall of the Christian church beliefs and stuff on the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the mm -hmm. Holy Trinity, um, they might get baptized, but by missing the Trinity part, it takes away from the 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 valid the validity, validity. Good job, Lance. That, but, validity. Yeah. <laughs> of of yeah, the baptism, it, um, it makes it un invalid. So um, okay, it Jesus gave us the formula, and so then to change the formula takes away its validity. It cannot. It can't be valid. We're going against right. exactly what Jesus told us to do, right? So right. Right. Um, we need to have all of these things in there. Okay. Right? Gotcha. Cool. So then that's kind of the bare minimum uh, of what you need and the essentials, right? right? Um, in a normal circumstance, uh, there's some there's there's some parts to it. There's some prayers yeah. that are said. There's um, different components of it with the, with the parents, with the godparents, right. that kind of stuff. And um, actually, I have the right with me here, Lance, if you want, we can kind of mm. go through this little bad boy here. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Uh, that'd so be awesome. you're right. And in a normal circumstance, it's a liturgy. So every liturgy is a, is a manifestation of worship and worship is just okay. right relationship with God. So when we go to mass, mm -hmm. for example, that liturgy is our manifestation of worship to this God who gave us all things. And so we just give back to him the sacrifice that he himself made because <laughs> we can't, Right. We can't have a sacrifice more perfect than the sacrifice of Jesus, right? So we just take exactly. that same sacrifice and just offer it to him, right? So okay. in baptism, it's a liturgy, which is a manifestation of worship, right? Relationship with God. So mm -hmm. in this worship, we're actually kind of offering. So that whole idea of the presentation we talked about earlier, that's what we're mm -hmm. seeing right here in, in baptism. Oh, okay. So in baptism, as we said, it kind of, it makes us part of the family of God, right? But it's also mm -hmm. us presenting the person who baptized to God. That person. Uh, and in fact, that's the, that's the first thing we do. So if I go into the, into the ritual, I say, dear parents and godparents, I won't read everything here, of course, but dear parents and godparents, <laughs> your family has experienced great joy at the birth of your child, etc. Um, today, this joy has brought you to the church to give thanks to God, worship. Um, right. praise and thanksgiving for the gift of your child and to celebrate a new birth by waters of baptism by the waters of baptism sorry in the waters of baptism crap sorry i'm used to doing this in spanish i've done <laughs> something like 150 baptisms over the last two and a half years and 10 of them has been and 10 all... of them have been in english so reading this is very <laughs> difficult but it's fine everything is okay one was my son let's go everything is good everything is fine <laughs> So I, uh, <laughs> so I go through this part and it's basically, this is the presentation part of it. This community rejoices with you for today. The number of those to be baptized in Christ will be increased and we offer you our support in raising your child and practice of faith. So it's this invitation to present, right? And so then they come forward. Right. And, uh, there's a way of doing this. There's processions and things like that, but a lot of it depends on how the church is actually built. 
So not everyone does okay. it the way you're supposed to. I know we certainly don't. Um, but we're actually supposed to start at this point in the entrance of the church, right? Because okay. this is the this is the welcome, so that we can then enter in right. and present the child. So is that why some churches build their baptismal fonts at the entrance yes. of the church before that? Yeah, reason? actually, okay. the the church is actually supposed to be built around three things, and this is again kind of an offshoot, but side. It's right. supposed to be built around three things: the sanctuary, obviously the stained glass windows mm -hmm. and the baptistry and hmm. the baptismal font. I did, would not have, I would not have thought stained glass windows were yes, going to be part of that. Because stained glass windows are tell the, they tell a story. So stained glass windows were made right. because of most of the people in, especially in like in the middle ages were illiterate. Like they couldn't read. Mm -hmm. So they, so they needed, needed pictures. pictures. They needed visuals. Yeah, so that's where statues come in, paintings, gotcha. stained glass windows, mosaics, all of that. Uh, so, okay. You need to build your church around that so you can fit them in and tell the story you want to tell. Right. Uh, but you also want right. it to be built around the sanctuary because that's the center of our worship. But you also want it to yep. be built around the baptistry so that you can actually enter in through the water. Right? Gotcha. And because okay. what's happening is a real birth. Um, Paige can tell you more about this than I can because I've never given birth. <laughs> but and, but in the amniotic sac <laughs> in the placenta, they, it's, it's filled with fluid. It's filled with amniotic fluid, which is mostly water. Yep. It's like water and protein. Yep. So when they're mm -hmm. born, they're born through water, right? So when we're gotcha. born again, now, it's got to be born through water. Through and when water. They, when they exit gotcha. the womb, they start to cry. They start to breathe. Like that crying is mm -hmm. this uncomfortable, like I'm suddenly alive, right? It's the same, right. it's the same <laughs> reaction I have every time I wake up, right? I just start crying because I'm suddenly alive. And uh, you can't believe why, it. Why is this <laughs> happening again? This is the most painful experience of my life. <laughs> but it's it's the same idea so when we as we take our first breath when we exit the womb we take our first our first breath through the spirit as we enter into god's family so okay. the baptistry being in the back or the mm -hmm. main entrance of church which is usually at the back the main entrance of church right. the idea is that you're being welcomed into this family so you start in the back and you move your way through to your birth and then you're brought up to the altar right Gotcha. So um, there, we started the entrance, and then we um, basically just kind of stay back there in the narthex or the or the uh, um, the vestibule, whichever is kind of there, and that's when we begin the interrogations. Basically, so what name do you give to your child? All right. Let's use Josie as an example, since that's your most recent one. Right. Sound good. Most recent one. Excellent. Sounds great. Uh, so, uh, what name do you give to your child, Josie? Right. Josie. And that's actually your first promise. It seems like it's just an, a question of identity. But it's actually yeah. your first promise because when you put a name to something, you're, you're claiming responsibility over it. That's why your house yeah. is your, in your name, your car is in your name, insurance is in your name, all of that. It's all because mm -hmm. you're accepting responsibility. So in giving Josie her name, yeah. you've accepted responsibility. And your, the, your first act yeah. as a parent, sacramentally, is to bring them mm -hmm. to, the, to the church, to bring them before God's presence. So what do you ask of God's church for Josie? Baptism. Baptism. Right? There are other, actually, there are other um, options for answers. There's faith, there's the grace of Christ, entry into the church, or eternal life. And all of them basically say the same thing. It's all a relationship with the Father. Yeah. Right. right. So th this... Right. Entering yeah, into that. Yeah. So asking for baptism, you're actually saying, I'm, we're presenting, 
we're presenting him to God so that he can accept her. Right. Gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. Um, then we get to this next part, which is where, which this is where we start to get to the responsibilities of the parents In asking for baptism for your child. You're undertaking the responsibility of raising her in the faith so that keeping God's commandments, she may love the Lord and her neighbor as Christ has taught us. Do you understand this responsibility? We do. I, I, I sure, sure hope, hope so. so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually, this is actually very legal language. I do like what it says in Spanish because it's, I, if, I'd have to look at the, the Latin um, baptism, right? But it, it, it's, okay. you are contracting the responsibility. Like it's a, it's a legal thing. You're like mm. accepting. It's like a legal yeah, contract. Like you're, you're, this is more than just, yeah, I'll take care of her. This is, you're yeah, guiding right. her to her next life. So now any decisions she makes are on you. <laughs> Comes back yeah. to me. So, oh boy. <laughs> good luck, Lance. Yeah, we all know Paige will be Love fine, it. but Lance, I'm a little worried about. <laughs> She'll be fine. Uh, yeah. We all should be worried about me. <laughs> we all are, Lance. We all are. Right. <laughs> and then we get to, so then you say we do, we understand. Uh, and then we get to the godparents. So right now I'm only talking to the parents. The godparents are completely silent at this mm-hmm. point. Then we get to the godparents who are also an essential element to this, if we're going to do this normally. Um, because mm-hmm. the law states that we have to have a well-founded hope that the child will be raised in the faith. Right. So if the parents can't okay. do it, they've got to have good godparents. So there's actually yeah. there are actually way more um, prerequisites or qualifications that need to be met for the godparents than there are for the parents. The only one for the parents is that mm. they have to be sufficiently prepared for baptism. Right. right. For godparents, right. they have to be uh, sufficiently prepared, as are the parents. But they also have to... Um, Oh, I've got the law right here. Nice. What do you say, canon law? This is canon 892. Insofar as there is to be, insofar as possible, there is to be a godparent for the person to be baptized. Oh, this is for confirmation, but it's the same thing. It's fine. Okay. Uh, Prescripts is 874. I'm just going to go back to 874. Sorry, everybody. This is going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. So this is canon 874. You can look this up. To permitted to take on the function of a godparent, a person must... One, be designated by the one to be baptized or by the parents or the person who takes their place or in the absence of parents or the person that takes their place by the pastor or minister. Okay. Mm. And have the aptitude and intention of fulfilling this function. So it's not just like, oh, this is a great honor. No, this is like you're accepting the same responsibility because the word godparent in Latin is patrino and a patrino is another parent legally. So like if hmm. something God forbid were to happen okay. to you and Paige, who takes over Josie, right. the godparents? godparents. That was you. me. And uh, Ellen. <laughs> Probably and mostly Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> I was gonna that that's a question I have, but we can wait until okay. you get through this. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gotta be someone who's gonna be like their intention is that they're gonna be involved in this child's life, right? Um, they have to have completed their sixteenth year of age. Unless the diocesan bishop has established another age for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They have to be a Catholic who's been baptized, confirmed, and has received Holy Eucharist. And leads a life of faith. That means that they go to Mass on Sundays. Um, they practice their faith. They go to they pray. They mm-hmm. do all these different things. They cannot be bound by any canonical penalty. Um, legitimately imposed or declared. So 
They can't have created, they can't have committed an ecclesial crime like desecration of the Eucharist. If they're married, they have to be married in the church. Uh, If they're um, not married, but they're dating, they have to live separately. Um, If they're single, they're living a single life. They're not living a life of debauchery or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Basically, if it's someone who can go to communion, there's someone who can be baptized. They can be a godparent. Effectively. Right. So if they can go to... If they're living out their faith, then that's that's the biggest biggest thing is if they're continuously trying to live out their faith their catholic faith then um yes they they meet they fulfill that requirement yeah. i guess and at least one godparent okay. has to be catholic if the other one is not they're okay. called a christian witness um they fulfill hmm. the same legal responsibilities i suppose but they're they're not a catholic godparent because they're not catholic so they're considered a right. christian witness even though legally they would still re- they would still fulfill the responsibilities okay so that's a big piece. So then we go to the yeah. godparents and we say, are you ready to help these parents of this child in their duty? We are, or I am, if it's only one. Right. And then we do the okay. sign of the cross on her forehead, kind of claiming her for Jesus. Right. So she's been presented. Mm-hmm. We claim everything's great and everything is grand. Right. So this yes. is all still in the entrance of the church, by the way. <laughs> So, all right, we got that going for us. Um, after yeah, which it's it's really cool actually to be able to again, there's that process and watching a baptism that starts kind of in the back of the church and working its working its way all the way through it. It's it's really cool. Yeah, and especially when it's done right, you know. Um, yeah, here in my and when you know the meaning behind yeah, it too, it's incredible. <laughs> and I'm really kind of bummed because my my parish, my church, isn't set up that way. So everything just takes place mm. up in front. So, um, it's just, it's impractical. I could move the baptism font to the back, uh, and we could just start in the back, but there's really, you've been in our church, Lance. There's not a lot of Yeah, there's just not a, (laughs) no, there's not. It's quite tight. Yeah. So we could fit me, the baptistry, and then baby probably back there. Right. Right. So, right. Um, we just kind of have to do everything wrong. So (laughs) it's kind of lame. Just it's just, it's be, just better. be better. That's all. Be better. That's all we're saying. Just be yeah. better. When when you build your new church, oh, yeah. you'll you'll make sure it's Sometime in the back. Sometime between now and my death, that'll happen. Yeah, that'll happen. I hope. <laughs> Maybe. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So um, so we just finished kind mm-hmm. of that first part with the parents and the right. godparents. Um, what's what's kind of the next step, I guess, or the next, the next part? part we it. go into the liturgy of the word. So every every liturgy has a liturgy of the word, whether it's a sacrament or not. Mm-hmm. There's always a liturgy of the word, especially if it's a sacrament, okay. though. So there's always a biblical reading and a homily. So yep. um, there are different options for the for the readings. They're all Gospels, uh, and they're they're all meant to explain, in, in a way, what we're looking at in baptism. So where does okay. it come from? What's its purpose? All these different things. So... Okay. We read through the readings and then there's a homily that is meant to explain what we've just heard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I often don't actually preach a homily. I'm supposed to, I know. But I often don't because, <laughs> you know, I just said I did 150 baptisms over the last two years, two and a half years. That's like, that's like four a month. That's a lot. Right? And you can only say yeah. the same thing so many times before you just want to that's jump fair. in front of a bus, right? <laughs> So, and you can even, I mean, you can change it up, 
and that's great. But right. in changing it up, you still cycle through the same, the same it's, homily still every twelfth baptism. You still got the same four yeah. homilies. So right. it's it's nuts, I suppose. And if I would do more in English, I'd probably preach more. But the Spanish ones, those are the majority of the ones I'm doing. So I often don't preach. Sue me, okay. So after the bat, <laughs> after the baptism, crap. After the homily, we go into what's called the prayer of the faithful. So that's another thing that's present in liturgies is the prayer of the faithful. We pray for the one to be baptized, parents and godparents. Okay. Uh, and then immediately following the prayers of the faithful, we actually go right into a litany of saints. Usually there's mm -hmm. a closing prayer. I love it. But we go into a litany of saints instead asking the saints to pray. To pray for us and to pray for the one to be baptized, which I love. I love the litany of the saints. And uh, there's a lot of litany of saints in yeah. – like throughout uh, sacramental uh, ceremonies, like baptism. baptism, I know during when like ordination, ordination. and stuff, there's a litany of the saints. Um, is there one in confirmation too? No, not specifically. There's a renewal of baptismal promises, but not really a litany of saints. But at the okay. at the Easter okay. vigil, there's the litany of saints, and that precedes right. all of the sacraments. So mm -hmm. that I, yeah, I it's, count that. I, it's cool. I like them. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's cool. I I enjoy. Litany of Saints, and for Josie, we were able to make our own Litany of Saints uh, list, which is really cool to be able to have that. Because I know there's some kind of just some general ones mm -hmm. that you can just choose from, but yeah, you can add my as dad, many Saints to it as you want. Deacon Dad, yeah, Deacon uh, Dad, let us choose, which is cool. Yeah, Deacon Dad, he, uh, yeah, you can add as many Saints to the Litany as you want. It's not a set list, so it's kind of cool that we can. Uh, that we can even do that right so then after the litany of saints and after we do all of that um we kind of go into what's called the prayer of exorcism and the anointing before baptism which is my favorite part by the way that's your favorite why is that you know well i mean i guess the baptism itself is my favorite part but um aside from the baptism the prayer of exorcism and anointing before baptism, uh, just because of what, just because of what it does, really. Uh, we do call it a prayer of exorcism. Josie was not like possessed, or no. anything, right? But so <laughs> I sure hope not. I hope not too. But an exorcism <laughs> is just a blessing that seeks to get rid of bad, right? And in this case, it's yeah. the attachment to sin, um, because okay. when Adam and Eve sinned, in the original sin, which is what baptism seeks to get rid of, and not doesn't just seek; it does. It gets rid of it. Mm -hmm. uh, what what happened was it disrupted four different relationships. It disrupted the relationship between us and God, us and creation, us and each other, and then us and ourselves. Right. So okay. us and God, that one's kind of easy. That one's obvious, yeah. right? But us and right. creation, the reason tornadoes destroy houses because of original sin, right? right? These That's aren't punishments. The... It's the effect. No. Right. Got you. That's a good, that's a good way of saying it or looking at it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's not the punishment, it's the effect yeah. of the sin that was caused by man. You twist your knee, what's yeah. the effect? You know, like you have all this pain. Is that a punishment for twisting right. your knee? No. It's No. You play you you were a wrestler, right? So if you got hurt right. during wrestling, was that a punishment? That was just kind of an effect nope. of the circumstance, right? Exactly. Okay. So uh, unless your coach was like get going, but that it, 
that <laughs> that might have been a punishment you <laughs> had to deal with a that, couple of times. That was the punishment, yes. And, but it was uh, it's it's not a punishment; it's an effect. So then we look at um, uh, the relationship between us and each other. The reason we argue, the reason there's war, the reason there's murder, it's because of original sin. Mm -hmm. And between us and ourselves, the reason I have, I don't know, bipolar disorder, or the reason mm -hmm. I have X, Y, or Z mental disorder, or the reason I right. hate myself, or the reason I'm wounded. The, right, the seven deadly sins, you know, the pride, the yeah. envy, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, it's all an effect of original sin. Right. So going to that okay. first effect between us and God, uh, what we've done is we've said, I don't want God in my life. I want the devil in my life. That's what mm -hmm. original sin is. So this prayer of exorcism, it seeks to get rid of that, right? It seeks to get rid of that right. attachment to sin, that attachment to offending God and just welcoming the devil, right? Mm -hmm. Which we'll talk a bit more about in a little bit. But like this prayer of exorcism does exactly that. But it's not enough to get rid of evil because as Jesus tells us in the gospel, we get rid of one devil. He comes back and finds it clean and brings seven who are worse with him. Right. right? right. So you can't just clean house. You've got to substitute it with something. So for us, we fill it with the Holy Spirit. So we pray right. this prayer. And one of the lines is, free this child from original sin to make her the temple. If we're going to use Josie still, uh, to mm -hmm. make her at the temple of your glory. So we've already asked, get out. And to grant that your Holy Spirit may dwell in her, right? So we've filled the va we've filled the vacuum with the Holy Spirit. Right? So now they're set. So right. that's the exorcism. It gets out the dominion of Satan, puts in the dominion of the Spirit. Right? Gotcha. Uh, and then um, I s anoint the the chest with the anointing before baptism. It's uh, it's anointing with the oil of catechumens. A catechumen is just mm -hmm. simply someone who hasn't been baptized yet. Okay. And uh, we anoint the chest because that's where the heart is. And you're preparing the heart to receive the spirit, right? Obviously right. not physically, right? But mm -hmm. again, we're we're concrete people. We we need to see and feel. Right. We got to have all that stuff. actions. Yep. So we anoint the chest. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And so through that anointing, is that then the actual, the exorcism that takes place and the, like you said, the dominion of the Holy Spirit? Within the heart, then, yeah. So that's uh, that has kind of already starting to take form with the exorcism, okay. and then it's just kind of even more prepared with this anointing, you could say. Okay. Um, because okay. where the actual dominion comes is when the baptism itself takes place, right? So the baptism gotcha. itself is what get rid is what gets rid of evil, right? Mm -hmm. But it's in the exorcism that we start the process of cleaning house so to speak gotcha right 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 um because okay. that sin really messed us up yeah it did <laughs> uh so then we actually get to the celebration of baptism itself sort of uh we have to bless sort the water of. first <laughs> right so we've we've blessed the water uh and uh, that blessing of water it basically just puts our intention into the water um, okay because water can be used for all sorts of things uh, it can be used wash your wash your clothes Mm -hmm. drink it so if that that's again say that this is taking place at a baptismal font mm -hmm. that is used at the entrance of the church where people you know go and dip their hand in it and do the sign of the cross which is a sign of that's us renewing our baptism yeah um is does that water have to be then blessed again be, to fulfill that or is that already blessed it really just kind of depends on how the baptismal fonts are are set up 
Um, okay. Some of them are, it's just the font and then the, the water is refreshed each time. So like you have a baptism, then you'd actually put it into a tank where people can go right. fill up their holy water bottles, whatever. Right. But if it's a bigger one, like if it's a bigger space, a lot of times it's already been blessed once. But you would just continue to re-bless it with each baptism because okay. it's seen as it's a separate recycling thing. Okay. Right. Okay. You don't. Gotcha. We don't necessarily have to if, if we already know that it's already been blessed. But right. and some baptismal fonts or baptistries actually have the place where the the people dip their hands for to bless themselves. Right. But a separate little spot with a with like a bowl mm-hmm. where the baptisms take place, and that's fresh water each time. Okay. So then when that's done, it's just dumped into the bigger baptistry. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. So just kind of depends. Yeah. Depends. So you bless the water. Yeah. And the blessing of water is cool because it goes through salvation history. Excuse me. It goes through salvation history, starting Mm. with creation. Mm. Right. And then going all the way to the cross. Uh, Because it's through the cross that baptism gets its power. You know, it's not right. Jesus going and being baptized by John. That was nice. But it's when he dies on the cross and rises from the dead. Defeats death. And yeah. Defeats sin. Defeats our drowning in sin. Mm-hmm. He, he gives us life again through water. And uh, again, it's important that it's water, one, because of the birth element, but also even within the baptism blessing itself of the water, it talks about it being one of the key elements to life. Like we're, mm-hmm. what, 75% water? We yeah. have to drink water. We like water is essential for our survival. It's the right. same thing. But it's essential our for our for our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So after we bless that water, um, we go into the baptismal promises. Now, if it's a if it's an adult, they would actually make these promises themselves. Oh, okay. But with if it's an infant, um, the parents and godparents make these baptismal promises. Because they're speaking for that yes. for the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a a vicarious type of a faith, I suppose. Um, and there's kind of a big fight. I shouldn't say a big fight. There's kind of a disagreement about whether or not infant baptisms can be a thing. Okay. Um, some Protestant denominations do it. Others do not. Um, yeah. Some say you can only be after a certain age because you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, we just say, well, why not? You know, if they circumcise yeah. babies after eight days, that, or after 40, di- after 40, after 40 eight days. days, eight days. Yep. There we go. Eight days. Thank you, Lance. Thank you. After eight presentation, days. Presentation at Temple. Oh yeah. Duh. Yeah. There's cause there's another one at 40 days where they sacrifice there the is. whatevers, but <laughs> yeah, everything's great. So it's yep. at that time, actually, they put the name at the circumcision. That's exactly. When that's named, when they're given the name. Right. Right. So they're made a member of God's family, not as adults, but as infants. Right. right. There are some who convert to Judaism as adults. Right. But they go eight days for circumcising this child and presenting and it to they, the Lord. Right. So yeah. that's where he's made a child of God. Right. Right. So um, if they were doing that to babies who are eight days old, why aren't we making infants members of God's family right away? Especially if this is, if baptism is that fulfillment of the Old Testament. Yes. All those you Old know, Testament promises of us being right. a member of his family. Right. They shall be my right. people and I shall be their God. Right. Mm-hmm. This is where we're seeing it. And gotcha. uh, since Jesus tells us that we are sons in him. And then, of course, you have the letters of Paul. You have letter to the Hebrews. We're all brought to the Lord because of Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're made a member of his family. 
So it's important to know that we can and should baptize infants. However, we can and should also baptize adults. And an adult right. <laughs> in the law is anyone above the age of seven, seven or eight. Use oh, really? of reason. Mm -hmm. So the age of reason is seven or eight years old. That's why you can receive communion at seven or eight years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, That's the, the time. Yeah, and why you should also okay. be receiving confirmation at seven or eight years old. But right, right. That's for another we've day. Done that, we've done that wrong. We've done, so. Yeah, we've done that wrong for decades, <laughs> but whatever. But anyway, if they're an adult, they would actually make these promises themselves. But if it's an infant, we do it for them because we plan Parents on sharing do. the faith. And then as they get older, it's up to them to continue to accept it. Right. Right. So right. continue to live that out or not. Yeah. Uh, so whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So these are nice, but that doesn't, but that doesn't take away from the actual act. I mean, that's, oh, no. that's the thing, whether they accept it or not, that doesn't take away from the fact that they, that as an infant, if you were baptized and it was a valid baptism, then you're baptized and you're a child. God, yeah, you've been welcomed into that family. Yeah, totally. And completely, you know, so yeah. it's really pretty beautiful that that's yeah. the case. And also i like that we do it that way because let's say we wait until they are seven or eight years old. Well, they've lived seven or eight years under the influence of sin. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you get them at infants and then they, they get to seven or eight years old, they've lived seven or eight years old under the influence of sanctifying grace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So which would you prefer? Right. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather have eight days uh, or however many days yeah. it is. And if that, baby uh, dies before they're baptized seven years later. Yeah. Like and what happens? There's seven or eight years and, of yeah. I mean, we trust that they're in heaven, right? Because what and, what fault do they have? Exactly, right? exactly. But and we trust that wait? the father. Yeah. Yeah, but why wait? Because then, because then that saves you a freak out. Mm -hmm. right? If child dies beforehand, you're it never fails. It never fails. Anytime a child dies before baptism, I have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, what happened to them? What what what's going on? So time right. out. It's okay. I, yes, you were late <laughs> on doing this, but trust right. the father. What fault right. did they have? None. Right. Okay. And exactly. So, and that's and that kind of like you were saying is like, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. It's, it's that whole like theory of like, if God is real, then how should you act? And if God isn't real, do you still act the same way? Kind of do like yeah. by acting good, it doesn't matter. It it actually is beneficial anyway. So yeah. it's not gonna. It's it benefits. Everyone it benefits the child, yeah, obviously. 100%. The most, so yeah. Um, and gotcha. even though even if they can't make these promises themselves, they can still live them. Right. Right. And the exactly. promises are really just to uh a relationship with God is an exclusive relationship. Right. We see that throughout the old testament. You know, mm -hmm. in, in fact, idolatry is always likened to adultery. Right. So right. the baptismal promises are the renunciation of sin and profession of faith. So the sin that we had in the beginning that thing that has been a part of us and we've wanted to be a part of our lives, instead of rejecting God, now we're rejecting sin and saying that we want God in our lives. Right. So do you renounce Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. Right. And we basically are just saying, the devil is not my friend. He's not my Lord. Right. But you know who is? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? I do. He's I my do. friend. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, he's my friend, right? So mm -hmm. we are promising a family relationship. So this is kind of part of this presentation piece. Gotcha. Right, and then gotcha. we say at the end of it, after we do the creed, basically, say this is our faith, 
This is the faith of the church, and we are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, um, we have personal faith, right? Uh, mm -hmm. My faith that I have in the Lord. But this says, this is our faith. This is the faith of the church. Now you're right? part of the family. Now, now you're, you're part, part of the, the whole church. Yes. And it's not just your faith, it's ours. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's a communal faith, hence why we say going to communion. Gotcha. So a lot of right. a lot of a lot of the times I hear, oh, I don't go to church of any faith. I don't go to mm -hmm. and I don't go to church because I can just pray in my room. And it even says, go pray in the privacy of your own rooms. Right. Well, yes, but the context is pray in private so that you're not making a show of yourself. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. not don't go worship with the community, with the family. Right. Right. So even Jesus went to the synagogue. Mm -hmm. Right, so and he still went, prayed with his. I mean, he took people with him to pray. He, he still worshipped. He still sacrificed with people, with community, with the family. Yeah, and that's right. exactly it. So you're brought into this familial faith, and uh, so being apart from the body is like cutting off your hand. Eventually, the hand dies. The rest exactly. of the body's fine, but the hand dies. So right. if you're a part of the body now, and you just decide you're going to separate yourself, it doesn't work. So it can't just right. be a purely personal faith. It's got to be our faith, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, it's and I, I do like that. I yeah. like that a lot. And it's in this faith that we baptize. Um, so hence why it says, Is it your will, therefore, that Josie should receive baptism in the faith of the church, which we have all professed with you? Yes. Yes. Right. Josie, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Boom. So you pour water Done. three times or you immerse three times, whichever one, saying that formula. Okay. Okay. And the three times with the water, that's Trinity. That's, yeah. that's, well, obviously Trinity, but that's critical that the water is done three times as well. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Sorry. I okay. interrupted you. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's really pretty important. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Got it. Um, so they hold the child over the font or given to the priest and he does an immersion. Um, and mm -hmm. usually immersion doesn't have to be full immersion. If they're adults, they like to do that. But right. with children, not necessarily. Some people will, but <laughs> it just kind of depends. Don't the kid. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You should. There's some videos out there of like I'm Eastern sure. church doing it. It's cool. Holding the baby by the feet. Oh, well, no, they take, they take them hands under the armpits and just <laughs> shove them under. Just, it's crazy. <laughs> and baby just looks horrified. Oh yeah, it's got to be awful, but, but it's great. they won't remember. <laughs> also, it's the, great content. <laughs> these words, by the way, are the most important words in the entire rite. And if I change or omit a single word, it's invalid, and I have to do it again. Hmm. Uh, Which that goes back to Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah. Oh, uh, and exactly what Jesus was saying is like, and you go out and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, you're. We're being is that, baptized. That's where I get it from. Yeah, we're being baptized into a relationship with a person, not work. So right. some people, some churches will say, I baptize you in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sanctifier. Those are mm. functions. Those aren't the person. Right. So right. I'm not being baptized into a work or a function. I'm being baptized into a personal relationship with persons. Gotcha. Right. 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 There was a priest. Uh, he was a Detroit priest. And you can look this up. This is verifiable information. So you can look this priest up. He was uh, visiting his folks' house. He had already been a priest for about three years visiting okay. his folks house and he found the video of his baptism i heard about this oh yes. man he found this video of his baptism and they're like hey let's watch it well the the deacon don't let steve do this 
the don't deacon, let deacon dad do this. don't let deacon dad do this <laughs> the deacon said we baptize you in the name of the father son of the holy spirit he changed one word and that was oh. invalid so then, so then he, he had to go had to go call the bishop and say bishop i'm not baptized and the bishop but said he's... what do you mean <laughs> so he had to he went in and i guess showed the i guess he showed i'd have to verify this i don't recall offhand but i think he went and showed him the video and the bishop was just like oh sh and uh <laughs> i won't say it but i will start it uh, but, right yeah. so he cusses of course as all we all would right and he says we got to do all this so he had to get baptized had to get first communion he had to get confirmation he had to get ordained again he had to get ordained oh again gosh. again like it was the, his oh whole my. life was disrupted but not just his the life of the parish because how many because confessions, everyone else how many masses how well many, if it was a that? deacon if it was a deacon then obviously confession but how many other baptisms were said that way yeah but oh, even man. this priest this priest how many confessions oh. How many oh, because those were all those were all invalid. All invalid because he wasn't a priest. Oh my god! Right? So matrimony. What's nice is the minister is the couple, and he was just right the delegate. So those so are fine. Fine. Um, baptisms, as long as he did this, it's all fine. But those confessions and any confirmations he might have done through like the Easter vigil or whatever, right? All invalid. Oh my god! So he would what have a to do all those confirmations again. What's nice is there's this thing called ecclesia suplet. Uh, which means the church supplies. So let's say okay. that no one ever found out. Mm -hmm. Those people that received invalid confirmation still would have received the graces because the church supplies their... those graces because they right. received it in good faith. Mm -hmm. um, the the masses, all those times they received Eucharist invalidly, they still got the grace because everyone right. assumed it was all fine. Right. Um, all of that. So, hmm. um, so I mean, even, even that, like, I guess... And we are kind of off in the weeds, but it's okay. I love it. Uh, because <laughs> even with that, I mean, he didn't know that no. growing up. And, and so again, we, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have the priest to receive those graces through communion, through confirmation, through Absolutely. ordinations and stuff. So yeah. why would he have to go back through those if he already received the graces for it? Because now he knows. Because oh, now okay. he knows. So when there's no knowledge, that's when Ecclesia Suplet comes in. Okay. Right. So if he done, if he went his entire life and never knew, would have been fine. It'd have been fine. But, but now once that he, he knew, knows, he has to. Yeah, he still has all that actual grace, and he still has all the like right. the help that he received. So it's not like all that just goes away. But right. now he actually has to go unlock it all. I suppose you could say. Oof, oof, man. I would have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> at least you wouldn't have had to go through seminary again after eight to, oh to man all that. i that i definitely would have i would have just said nope i'll just no i'm done <laughs> i mean seminary was fine but it's eight years and i don't want to do yeah. it again <laughs> no no <laughs> huh so okay if you ever hear someone baptizing invalidly slap stop them do it again get it go. done right okay so coming back to yes now uh, that we've finishing so now that we've come back from our derailment right which is good um so now that we come now that uh we've had the the washing of the waters the, the water and the holy trinity the father's you know i baptize you in the name of the father son and holy spirit um is there isn't there kind of like another 
well yeah there's the easter candle component of it that comes into it afterwards is that right am i right on yeah that? that comes a little later so okay um, what comes so jumping ahead follow, yeah my bad dang it lance <laughs> what comes what comes immediately following is that are called the explanatory rites so basically it's explaining what has just happened okay so we have the anointing after baptism where we use chrism oil chrism oil is olive oil mixed with a with balsam which is a okay. perfume that's derived from um i believe it's the balsa tree it's like it, it comes from mm-hmm. its sap from its leaves and things like yep. that so um it smells amazing by the it way. does i, I love, love it. chrism uh and uh it we use that to dedicate things to consecrate things to chrismate okay. things or to christen it all comes from that so okay. it's, it's an anointing oil because that's what christos means it means the anointed mm-hmm. So to chrismate something is to is to anoint it, to consecrate it. So okay. after the after the baptism, we anoint the crown of the head. Right. Um, ideally, we would pour oil, but that's impractical. Oh. Yeah, it's impractical. And, so we have. And Josie would have smelled like chrism for the next for like month. Days. It would have been amazing. It would have been, oh. Oh. <laughs> My hands after ordination. It was <laughs> it's great. Amazing. I bet. <laughs> but it's um but since it's impractical, we usually just anoint with the thumb. But we do right. the crown of the head because that's where everyone was anointed. Right. So um hmm. soldiers of Rome, they would anoint their entire bodies, right? Um, because mm-hmm. they were consecrating themselves as a to Rome today, tomorrow, in this life and the next. Okay. Uh, Greek Greek re, uh Greek wrestlers would Really? their entire bodies hmm. because they were the their wrestling was actually a form of worship so oh, yeah. it consecrated their bodies but it also made it easier to slip out of holds and things it did. like that yeah uh so then we get to biblical stuff priests prophets and kings were all anointed with oil so gotcha. when we're anointing people after baptism we're we're doing the exact same thing they're consecrated mm-hmm. to god today tomorrow in this life in the next good or evil that we do we're consecrated to god right um we everything we do is a form of worship because we've consecrated our bodies and so our actions are forms of worship um we are able to slide out of temptations a little easier Mm -hmm. because we're slicked up um but then we're also anointed into as a member of christ who's priest prophet and king if i'm a member of christ so just like my hand is totally me Mm -hmm. i am totally christ in a way in a way right so i'm also priest prophet and king so as a priest i have the right and obligation to offer sacrifice specifically Mm -hmm. the mass as prophet i can speak on behalf of god which is why you should not be teaching your kids naughty words true by the way and i uh, try my best okay dang it page (laughs) you and your bad your foul mouth (laughs) and then as kings we lead through example gotcha uh gotcha yeah and uh, ideally, after, and so after that, we have what's called the clothing with a right, white garment, which mm-hmm. again just shows what happened at baptism. Original sin has been wiped away. Right. They're a child of God. They're consecrated. They're presented. Uh, they're consecrated to God, right? And and the white is supposed to represent Christ's purity. Correct. Yeah. So that purity, um, ideally what would happen is um, the child would come dressed in something. But then mm-hmm. they would actually be clothed in a new garment, like a white oh, really? dress type of thing that goes over it. Okay. Or replaces it. Right. Um, but 
that's oftentimes not practical. Sometimes they're already there in white, in which case we yeah. just pray over what they've already got. Gotcha. Um, which is what happens now. Everyone comes yeah. in white dresses white. or white tuxedos as Max wore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> but if they don't come in white, we have like a white garment we can just kind of put on them. Um, yeah. Like either a bib or a blanket. Gotcha. And we just basically say this prayer. It says, Josie is still our example. Josie, you have become a new creation and have clothed yourself in Christ. May this white garment be a sign to you of your Christian dignity and with your family and friends, us, to help you by word and example, bring it unstained to eternal life. So we're asking, hmm. we're being asked to carry a ketchup popsicle wearing white gloves. Right? <laughs> so good luck with us. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good Have luck. fun. <laughs> uh, and then we get to the candle there, Lance. Where nice, someone finally, finally <laughs> where someone of the family, whether that's parent, godparent, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. They take the take the candle, and then the priest grabs or the deacon grabs the Easter candle, brings it over, and you guys light that candle. Right. And we say, receive the light of Christ. Right. Parents and godparents, this light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly, so that your child, your child, which means that, like I said, the godparent is legally another parent. Right. The child. So, I have a daughter. They, yes, you do, finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> uh, so that your child, enlightened by Christ, may walk persevering and, well, may walk as, always walk as a child of the light and persevering in the faith may run to meet the Lord when he comes with all the saints in the heavenly court. So actually, at this point, we're actually up in the front of the church because typically right. the Easter candle is up front, is up by the, um, up by the ambo, typically, mm -hmm. where we read the readings. So up at the front. We pray the ephatha, which means be opened, and we touch the ears and we touch the mouth so that they can be open okay. to hear God's word and profess it. Then we get to the Lord's Prayer. This is beautiful. So we just said that um, they're made a child of God, right? Mm -hmm. What's the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. Right. So in her right. name, or if they're an adult, and they say do it for themselves, okay. they dare to call God Father. Right, hmm. So here we go. Yeah. Right, so we and pray the is... Our Father. It's this kind of this wow. first time that she's, right. or he, depending on the situation, but Josie's our right. example, um, that she is able to say, I'm a child of God. Got you. I mean, moments moments after she is, she, after moments she is a child of God kind of thing. Yes. So yeah. that's cool. And so then we say it on behalf of her, of obviously, mm -hmm. of Josie, yeah. um, unless you're an adult and you can say it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. After that, we bless mother, we bless father, we bless everybody, or it's a, it's a prayer of blessing. Mm -hmm. And then we do the final blessing. And uh, so we everyone bows their heads. I it, I do a laying on of hands and I say, I bless mm -hmm. the mother, I bless the father, I bless everyone there. And then, may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Bada we go bang, have some cake. Bada, bada boom. We go have some cake. Yeah. Or around here, oh. we go and have some carne asada. Oh, good stuff. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Wow. Some tamales. It, it really is. When you break it out that way, I mean, actually going through it, and I've had my two, both my kids been baptized and gone through it again, not fully knowing um, yeah. all the parts of it. But when you break it down like that and you you see it as an actual liturgy, man, it's, it's crazy. I mean, just the structure behind it and why we do things the way we do things in it and the importance of it, where it comes from. Again, you can trace that back to 
early church to the Old Testament and that that whole fulfillment there. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's um, it's it seems like a lot, really. It, but it does. It's uh, well, especially it seems like a lot when you're going and explaining it all. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's it goes by faster than you think, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's really just a beautiful, beautiful liturgy. Yeah. One that we should all practice. I mean, it made us yeah. children of God. Right, right. exactly. I mean, we are because we're his creatures already, but mm-hmm. with this, I can now dare to go to him and say, Dad, I need you. Exactly, you know? exactly. Well, and I think that's one of the coolest things. Um, so in my, my Lent book that I did, Born of Fire, it, it went through identities of what we are of, of men, um, but it also talked about the baptismal, right? It actually w- broke that down, not near as detailed as what we just did, but it went through it. And it was just, it's cool because the first thing, uh, the first identity we have um, as, as sons, as men, and as daughters, as, as women, and that identity is given to us, like you said at the very beginning, it's given to us um, in baptism and when the parents say, what name do you do you give this child? I mean, that's, you're giving that child an identity and that identity starts right there um, as a child of God and the father. And um, everything is built off of that. That's the foundation, which is so cool to be able to have that identity formed through baptism. Absolutely, man. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's probably cool being on your end to be able to do all that. I enjoy, uh, like I said, being a parent, being a godparent too. It was pretty cool being a godparent. Gotta do it that. It's kind of cool doing that for uh, Clay and Lucy um, Simpson. So it was awesome being able to. It's it's just fun, and it's cool. Probably it's awesome having uh, my daughter's godfather be a priest. That's that's, that's pretty kinda, sweet to that's say. That's kind of nice. <laughs> that's kind of nice. <laughs> it gets the job done, I guess. Right. The problem is, is we didn't fully live up to um, what you requested. That you said if you were going to be a godfather, then the child have to be had to be named after you. Yeah, I was li- I was waiting for Stoli Lucas to happen. Yeah, yeah, Stoli Lucas or hasn't happened. Chris Chris Stoli for for Max that didn't happen. Yeah. Christina Stoli Lucas for yeah. Josie that didn't happen. Well, I mean, we did try so. and compromise. Stoli is a pretty gender neutral name. It is. It is. But whatever. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. You'll get you'll get over it. I've I've since healed, <laughs> and I do not carry as much resentment. Yeah, as I once yeah, exactly. did, <laughs> as you once did. <laughs> uh, I can absolve good. you of this. Yeah, I, well, I'm glad you can. You should absolve Josie. Honestly, I mean, that's oh, who you should be absolving. Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. Oh, she's one. She just turned one there, Lance. She did. Yeah, a couple um, Thursday it was. So. It's crazy. It oh my gosh, it went by fast. But it's fun. She's almost walking too, which is exciting. Ooh, scary. She's gonna be yeah. in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She'll be like, she's gonna be like her godmother. We'll just blame Probably. Ellen. Probably. We'll yeah, blame, blame Ellen. Ellen. Definitely blame Ellen on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, cool. Well, Father Stoli, do you have uh anything else on, on baptism, man? I think you really you did a great job of breaking that down and just being able to understand it, I, I appreciate that a ton. Yeah, just the only thing I think I could add is just love baptism, go baptize, yeah. read about baptize. it in Scripture, man. <laughs> Make sure you're doing it the right way too. And do right? it the right way. <laughs> I will come and roundhouse oh. kick anyone that does it incorrectly. <laughs> love the description. I will chuck uh, Norris anyone that invalidly right. baptizes. Okay, I'll just make sure I won't do that. And whenever I'm thinking... 
how to say it. I'll just be like, what would Father Stoli say? And then I'll do that. So, <laughs> that's a good life that's lesson to live the, by. the best way. That's the it's, best litmus test. What would Father right, Stoli do? Right. And if he would do that, then I'd do that. <laughs> well, it's like the office. Um, uh, what's the office quote by Dwight? He said, I always think whatever... Would Michael do this? And if Michael would do this, then I would do it. <laughs> That's my rule with you. <laughs> oh, great rule to live by. Yeah. <laughs> great rule to live by. Oh, well, cool. Well, Father Stoli, thanks again. Yeah, uh, no problem. Like I said, I appreciate it. And hopefully um, hopefully, I look at baptism or when I go to the next baptism, I, I see it in a really cool way and be able to pick up pick apart those. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's it takes on a whole new thing. So love it. Love it. Love yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> Should we close right. our prayer here, Lance? Let's do it. Why don't you, why don't you close it up? We'll do. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the, the opportunity to learn about this tremendous sacrament. Uh, we especially thank you for just allowing us to be your sons and daughters. Uh, this family relationship we have with you is everything we have, and uh, we just greatly appreciate all that you've done for us and we ask that we continue to be grateful for all your gifts and to continue to live as your beloved sons and daughters uh, striving to please you every day we ask all these things through christ our lord amen amen saint john the baptist pray for, pray us. for us saint genesius pray for pray us. for us in the name of the father son of the holy spirit amen amen well thanks again father stoic yeah, until you, next Lance. time good job <laughs> You too. Peace. <laughs> Peace.